It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello sports fans and thank you for listening to the TTM Sports Show. The sports podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. Where you can guarantee explosive debate, trending topics, big interviews and guests and regular uploads. Proudly sponsored by Prestige Paving and Patios and Anstis Grounds and Gardens. So strap yourself in for the latest episode of the TTM Sports Show. Good evening and welcome to the TTM Sports Show. This is episode 58 of the TTM Sports Show. Um, James, what are we, six, seven into the year now? Yeah, we're six or seven into the year. We we have uh, an ambitious goal this year of reaching 150 podcasts. Um, we're getting listens all over the world now, which is great, which is exactly what we want. And tomorrow night, um, we're also joined by our South African football correspondent, Lungile Matsuma, to talk about the African Cup of Nations. But tonight is a really good one. Now, it's not just a football show. It's not just a boxing show. It's a general sports show. Uh, we're absolutely delighted this evening to have a really good chat about cricket and uh, what else we got coming up on the show James oh yeah we are we have been very very lucky tonight to being joined by uh, Somerset Somerset cricket season ticket holder and chairman of the Yeovil District Football League it's Mr John Shearing John how you doing hi good evening everybody how are you all very very good we're very good John very very pleased to have you here with us tonight and John is, is a fan a sports fan as well and remember if you are a sports fan any sport anything you want to talk about with us we are happy to have you on the show on the ttm sports show so john um cricket wise this is where we're going to kick off i'm not the biggest cricket fan myself i do like the ashes um obviously you know test cricket for me is where it's at although obviously when we won the world cup it was brilliant but test cricket is is my main interest in terms of cricket and the ashes is the one james was around my house uh when we the first test um back in december and we stayed and we watched we w- waited and we watched for the first ball we'll watch the first ball watch a task first ball bang done series over as far as i was concerned it was well, done james was done james I, I i said to james i said the first ball of an ashes series 
is actually very important. And for the non-cricket fan listening out there, you'll think, well, my goodness, they've bowled hundreds of overs over five long days. What is the first ball relevant? Well, it is. Just ask Steve Harmison um, back, back all those years ago with that horrible wide ball, and it set the president for an absolute thrashing. And again, when that first ball hit the wickets, um, I think any deep-rooted England fan knew almost immediately that the writing was on the wall. John, how did you feel when that first bowl ripped down and just slammed through those those wickets? Well, I think that the, the biggest issue we've got with um, uh, England English cricket, and I, I obviously the test team, is getting to at least 20 runs without losing a wicket. And that is very, very difficult now. It's difficult. Um, I watched Somerset as a season ticket holder. And uh, to get to 20 runs without losing a wicket is very, very... That, is the, that's, that should be the achievement of any team. To get the 20, get the 30, 40, knock it off in 10s. That's what Jeff Boycott used to do. And we can't do that anymore because there's too many formats of the game, in my view. Um, for playing for five days, we haven't got the temperament for it in this country. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it, it's a real case at the moment. I mean, you you know, you say you follow Somerset. I've been down to Taunton. I took. I went down with my wife. She had a she had a, a meeting for work, and I thought I'll take a nice stroll through through the through the town centre. And I, I walked down to the cricket ground, and uh, some of the players were practicing in the nets. And as you know, you can just walk right up right up yeah. to the to the far boundary. And it yeah. reminded me of when I was younger of great players like Andy Caddick and Marcus Trescothic. And when you talk about cricket and getting to twenty, those open and batsman of like Marcus Treskothic is an absolute master at that wonderful at the leave and the wonderful the little the little defensive parry back I think um, for me you know as soon as the first ball I mean going down there to be honest with you um, did I think it didn't have that 2010 feel when we went down there and we knew we were good we had received the the golden um um, what's it? The golden cane or the golden stick, which cements a team's uh, legacy as the number one test team in the world, which we captured from India. We Ooh. we turn up there with opening batsmen of Alistair Cook and Andrew Strauss, I believe, at the time, and it, it was a different feel. But this time, before we even jetted off, you felt, you know, it. I don't think we'd lose five. No, we mentioned it on the on the radio show that we have on Froom FM, and I said uh, we mentioned a football score of five nil, and I said, well, I hope that's not repeated over the winter months. And as the tests went on, um, I was starting to fear for the worst. Um, I think with England, it's the batting, really. I mean, when you look at the bowling statistics, I think it's over ten different bowlers for England have took wickets over the, over the three tests, and nine for Australia. Jimmy Anderson yeah. with the best of four for thirty three, and has taken nine wickets, which is. Uh, the second most uh, after Ollie Robinson. However, um, with you know a four for thirty three in Australia is uh, not to be sniffed at, really, is it? No, it's not. It's not. And, and, and as I say, getting back to, um, I don't agree with. We'll go on the central contracts if you like, because um, mm. I think central contracts are. Um, I don't think it's the right way to go. I've criticised central contracts before. What's the point of giving a player taking a player out of county cricket for the whole mm. season? Basically, you pay him. You pay him before he plays. And then it doesn't matter how they play; it doesn't matter. They're in the squad. They're in the they're in the central contract uh, band, and that's where they stay. And I don't think that's right. I think you should be just picking a team for a series for the test for the for the Ashes. Obviously, they pick the team to go to Australia, and that's what they, they would normally do. But I don't agree with central contract. I think it just gives it gives those players security for the for the year, but for other players in county cricket, you know, if there's a player that's playing really really well. They won't get selected because they just stick with a central contract. And I think these players have lost their hunger, to be honest, um, for playing for their country. 
I mean, as yeah, a, as a I, football I fan, yeah, I, I think sorry, it yeah, could I be different. I agree with that, John. Um, you mentioned the word hunger. You know, in any sport, that's the most important thing. You know, that's what gets you up in the morning. That's what gets you to put your yeah. pads on and pick up a bat yeah. is the hunger. Yeah. And once, once that's gone, like you say, but like, like you said as well, like you said, James, in any sport, in football as well, but it, once the hunger's gone, it, you know, you, you've lost five, six, seven percent. Yeah. You know, and yeah. at the highest level, that's the difference. Absolutely. And, and they, they go with a squad of players and, uh, you know, they might change it by a couple. Um, whatever happens, you know, the, the press usually pick the team, like everything, like football, like cricket. It's pr- the press pick the, the starting 11 or they're feeling it. And that's what usually the coach goes with as well. Um, so I think they just, um, they, I think they just lose it. And I think, you know, going back to county cricket, um, and we haven't had the pictures given out yet. We're still in, we won't be getting them now until February, apparently, end of January, February, because they don't really know what to do now, the ECB, because they've been criticised heavily for these players not playing enough red ball cricket through the, through the summer, or a player, any player, because all the, all the county players now are playing on damp wickets in April, May, and then they finish them for the other, you know, the money making spins of 20, 100, and um, not the one day game now, because they've diluted that as well, the 50 over game. And then um, we come back in in uh, late September, and we finished nearly on the last day, first day of October. So all those county players now are playing on damp, damp, soggy um, old wickets. I mean, do you think it's a case of uh, pure greed um, from from the authorities? Really, we we try to replicate the the wonderful IPL and the big bash down yeah. under and and stuff like yeah, yeah. that. I mean, I, I mean, they bash they have now as well, don't they? Well, absolutely. But we were looking at um, Chris Silverwood. Um, there's a, a coach available from South Africa. Um, I, I cannot remember this 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 guy's name. He's an ex player, and he's uh, he took India. He coached India. He coached uh, he coached, I believe, New Zealand as well to do extremely well. Um, and he's, I, I can't remember, do you know his name? I can't remember the, the coach's no. name who's interested in the job. I'll find that out on air while you, while you talk to James. But uh, yeah, Chris Silverwood for me, um, he just doesn't cut in it as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's no Trevor Bayliss, is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. And, um, you know, it, it, co- co- with a coach, you've got to be obviously a good man manager and obviously and then make, make the tough decisions when you've got to make the tough decisions. Um, but I think a lot of coaches today, they, they pamper to the players too much rather than trying to upset players, especially the senior players. And in lots of sports, lots of teams, you usually find that, the, you know, the, the more senior players don't get cancelled off. And, and it's quite, it's quite, um, when, when we saved the test um, yesterday, day before, um, Jack Leach, now Jack, he batted for nearly 10 over uh, at the end, got 26, I think, and then he was out. And the only thing they talked about was the six balls. But the other guy, um, the other bowler, I can't think of his name now. Anderson. Um, Anderson. They batted for six balls, and that was the most important part of the of the. So anybody that was there for nearly ten overs, eleven overs, like Jack, scored twenty six. I think twenty six. He was in the end. You know, he really stuck it out. He saved the game, really. No well, mention of that at all. It's just well, the last six balls. Well, he did in England as well with Ben Stokes, and people seem to forget that too. Um, he came in there, and and also, well, I was I've been listening to the to the to the commentary on Five Live on the way to work. Sometimes I work five a.m. till three, so obviously as the Ashes is on um, in the early hours, it takes about forty minutes to get to work. So I'll put Five Live on, and they're talking about Jack Leach as if he's a a sympathy pick, as if he yeah. genuinely isn't actually good enough to bowl yeah. for England. And well, I, I think and- how how outrageous is is how scathing is that. Well, I think it's for the county plays for. I don't want to get into county business, but at the end of the day, we've always got that reputation. If you play in the 
in the shires, as they say, you don't get the same reputation as you play in the city teams. And uh, and that's, you know, it's that, that, that's a lot to do with football, lots of things. You know, if you play for a big club, you know, you'll you'll get picked. And if you play for a little club, it'll take you a little bit longer to make it. And, uh, you know, it's the same with Jack. You know, Jack, to me, saved that test in the end because he had 10 overs, 11 overs to get through. And he left the other guy, unfortunately, six balls to survive, which he did, which is great. But um, all the emphasis was on the last six balls, not the last ten overs. I, I agree with you, John. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, on When the highlights came out on BT Sport, so when I was at work, I had a, a quick coffee break and I thought, right, OK, I'll, uh, I'll just get up YouTube and just have a look at the highlights. About three and a half minute clip and it just shows the game very quickly in a condensed, compact fashion. All it showed was the last over. Um, so you're absolutely right. The coach in question is Gary Kirsten, uh, is his name, um, and he wants yeah. to, he wants to come in uh, with the help of Alistair Cook, uh, as it's reported here by Talksport um, after the Ashes horror show as the ECB yeah. search for Chris Silverwood replacement. Now he's put himself forward, but he's with a bit of a twist. He said that I don't want to be involved in the T20 team or the ODI team, he said they're already set up. They, they, yeah. they can just continue to do what they're doing there. He just wants to get hold of this test team. Every time we play Australia, in Australia, I feel like their team, headed up by the likes of Steve Smith, David Warner, um, you know, Josh Hazelwood, these guys are absolutely, you can see it, they're committed. They give everything for the course. I mean, even Usman Khawaja, who came in for the last test, knocks over two centuries and two innings. I yeah, mean, he's gonna, absolutely. It's going to be dropped, isn't he, now, apparently? Exactly. And England, at the minute, are scratching around, you know, with an open partnership that can't get past 20 runs. Now, Joe Root, you know, he's supposed to be coming in, ideally, at around, you know, 70, 80, 90, 100. He's supposed to be coming in there. Your ball's starting to get a bit worn, and he can yes. start to play his shot again with Ben Stokes. But these guys are coming in, fast, windy conditions, with a brand-new ball, with Mitchell Stark running in, bowling in excess of 90 yeah. kilometres kilometers an hour. It's absolutely. outrageous. Uh, opening batting is an art form and we haven't got it mm. that's the point we haven't got it they're not confident enough and uh, it's down to technique and batting coaching and say what you like um, we, we haven't got it at that level and I don't know when's the last time we actually made we got to say let's say 50 without losing a wicket um, uh, I think John um, I think the, we have the record for the most ducks in a calendar year now um, that puts us ahead in the history of cricket since yeah. records began uh, yeah, sure. That there is, is a real issue. What would you do just finally on this? Um, you wake up tomorrow morning, you've got a call. John, we need you. We need you at the ECB. Andrew Strauss had to take an extended absence of leave. Uh, you're in. You're the main box seat man. You've got six months. What would you do to try and fix English Test cricket? It's two things. I'd change the, uh, the, the season in respect of fixtures. I'd make red ball cricket the priority, uh, playing on, on in the summer. That means on harder firmer pitches um so when you go to all these other countries it's not so bad when you come to this country but, but, but we, when we play the test matches we play them in the summer so i would i would spread those fixtures out over the summer i'd fix the other the other televised games as i call them um you know the 20 and the, the uh now the, the, the awful hundred mm -hmm. um um around them and at the moment we we we, we lose six six seven weeks of the, of the summer to um, tele televised cricket, and, and that is the mainstream income for all the counties. So they all agree to it because they get a they get a chunk of money mm. to agree to it. So we can't blame the counties for accepting it. However, if we want to improve our batting, 
we need to bat properly on harder, firmer pitches in the summer. Absolutely. No, brilliant. Um, I think in, in terms, I mean, my prediction for the next Ashes test is if it was me, I'll be taking a long look around that dressing room. Now, they tell us they're having chats. Is that just to appease the media and the fans? If I was really on the inside there, you know, Johnny Bairstow, to be fair, since he's come in, has showed a bit of grit and a bit of fight. Stokes always yeah. does. I think Zach Crawley, uh, Jack Crawley, Crawley did well uh, in, in the last test. And I would be now thinking to myself, well, look, sod it. We need to sort the batting out. And it starts now. Um, you, you know, so if you have to go with one less bowler, okay, yes, they're probably going to make 500 anyway, knowing them. Um, so I think as far as I'm concerned, I'll pick people in there that you think you can trust uh, and start the long road to recovery. And I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think Chris Silverwood, he's, he reminds me of the old beleaguered England manager, Steve McLaren. I think he, his heart's in the right place. His, yeah. head, his head probably isn't. Um, yeah. He's making, like you say, dictated to by the media. What we will say from the football world is the conversation switches back to the to the most successful game in the history of sport on planet earth in our opinion um as it switches back now the england uh, we go to watch england regularly uh, we, we are building our caps to watch england in euro 2024 in germany and we will get there um, but we've noticed well like gareth southgate for instance he doesn't pander to uh, the the media um maybe in squad selections but not for a first 11 it's the first england manager we really believe or i really believe to be honest who says no this is my team this is what i'm going with and to be fair since 2018 there are rumbles of discontent when we get to a to let's say a a meaningful match against a big team we've been found a little bit wanting but gareth uh for me seems to be a manager that really does stick to his principles and what he believes in whereas chris silverwood in the cricket side of things it it tends to be a you know excuse the analogy but a wet paper bag in a storm he's just all over the place um now james um after that analogy i think i need to take a step back from the heat of the kitchen and uh, hand it over <laughs> to yourself yeah john um obviously i as i did say i'm not a, not a massive cricket fan i certainly don't know as much as james but by all means i love a good test match um and i actually um don't mind the um i don't mind the money the money coming into cricket you know that in order to survive the test match almost now is probably a lot on, in a lot of ways reliant on the money that filters down through the the sort of the shorter format of the game, the more marketable form of the game. So, you know, the money needs to be coming into cricket. Oh, absolutely. But anyway, yeah, mo- moving on from that. So, uh, but John, you are, which is very interesting to us and very interesting to me personally as well, as you are the chairman of the Yeovil and District Football League. Now, from my time playing in the local football leagues, I'm, I'm, I know the Yeovil and District Football League. I've played against a few teams from the Yeovil and District Football League. I know it's a decent enough standard, um, but what a tough job that must be to uh, to, to do different. that. Um, you know, I, I obviously looking at it from a player's point of view, so I don't necessarily know the ins and outs and, and what it does involve, but I no doubt you guys work tirelessly, as they do in every league in the country, um, but obviously, of course, players are never happy. So that's probably one of your biggest challenges anyway. Um, but one thing that we did speak about on, on one of our previous podcasts um, is reference the COVID situation in football at the moment. So obviously the, the big debate for us was about games being called off. You know, we had Liverpool yeah. who had, you know, nine false positive tests, wasn't it? Which No, it was thir- 13. Apparently, yes. Yeah, so you had 13 false positive, which apparently there's a 0.001 free chance of that happening. 
um, if you go along the, the, the regular levels of false positives that people have been getting. But anyway, that, that's well, for you to My own My own father got one. I'm a Liverpool fan. James is a Tottenham fan. And there's a there's a deep <laughs> underlying uh, issue there where he, he believes that Liverpool threw the game against Arsenal. Um, I don't believe that to be true. I think no, I think Jurgen Klopp's a bit more professional than, than that. Yeah, of course he is. Um, anyway, but obviously, so it, it begs the question to you, John. Um, COVID in local football... I know myself, we've had games called off. We've had to, at times, call games off due to COVID. Yeah. How much of a nightmare is it for you at the moment with this? And what what is the actual process? What are the rules? Um, how many cases do you need to have or in what situation? How does it work? Say uh, I, I'm I'm the manager of Perry Street in Yonder yeah. and uh, and we're playing against uh, Stokes Up Hamden on Saturday afternoon. And, yeah. I, and I get to Friday evening or... Well, I've got 11. Uh, I've not got my best striker. Um, yeah. I've got a left back uh, who's gone shopping with his missus. My um, centre midfielder's in uh, Tenerife. And there's and a few of the lads are on a stag do. So yeah. it gets a Friday. You, you, you know you know it happens. Um, yeah. what, what's the process? And, and, well, and how are you, well, process, you know, are you able to fact check, you know, if it is COVID, if it is, you know, what are the rules? Well, up until we come, we just come back, which was last Saturday. We um, we didn't have any rules. Um, we weren't given any guidance, and that's okay. I don't want guidance from the FA. I have too much guidance from them, and they're strangling yeah. the game. But that's another debate for another day. <laughs> Point being is, up until up until Christmas, we had no 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 guidelines. The way we, we the way we looked at it was the teams because of the pandemic through twenty twenty one. Um, everybody wants to play, and that's the point. Especially in men's football, they want to play. Um, as much as they can. So cancellations and teams calling off because of COVID was pretty pretty few, to be fair. Um, the new the new um, strain of COVID has affected more people because obviously more people are infected now through Christmas and now. So the, so we've changed the rule locally that they, if a team, they've got to present three PCR tests for three of their players. If they've got three, then they can call the game off with no penalty. They've got if they haven't, they can't produce that, and they just say it's COVID and injury. Yeah. Then that'll be treated as a cancellation. And that's how we've changed it now. For the youth football, because I'm also chairman of the Open District Youth League on Sunday, which has got 77 teams. Really? Um, we've got yeah, we got we got no nothing in place because um, with school with with kids, it's slightly different. You know, yeah, you're not going to get the same level of, um, we're not, we're you not know. Getting, yeah, because, it, you know, you've got to produce this and you've got to produce that. Yeah. And, uh, we didn't want to get into that. So we're just leaving it for the teams to tell us. And then we'll reschedule because we got smaller leagues in the youth league. Yeah, And absolutely. we'll be able to manage that through until the end of May. Mm. So, uh, so do you think that there may have been some teams then possibly that were trying to pull the wool a little bit on yourselves? Um, I, I don't think so, to be honest. Uh, it was in re it was in areas more than um, particular teams, uh, in, in areas of the district rather than one particular team. Um, but what we tried to do now is be a little bit more. So we've just throw it back to the teams a little bit more now, a bit more to the manager rather than say, "Oh, we got COVID this week, let's call it off." Um, we're not going to do that now. They've got to produce three three t positive tests, which will be obviously dealt with in a in a, in a sensitive way by one person. Who will keep those records, and then um, that'll be that'll be it. Then they'll be out of council without the sanction. Because we we've seen it in our league. Um, we, we I play in the in the Wiltshire Wiltshire League um, for Frim yeah. Collegians, and we've we've had games called off. Uh, you know, and, and it, by all means, I'm not calling anybody out, but we've had no. games called off against teams 
and you look at how many players, you know, the reason being, oh, well, they can't raise a team that's COVID. Yeah. You know, games yeah. called off on a Friday night, ours called off, can't raise a team. Okay, that we know it does happen, but you look at on on the website and they've got like seventy three players signed. Yeah, up, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, you think if you really wanted to, you could have got. You know, yeah. we've done it as well ourselves, and, and you know, we've got a smaller squad than a lot of the other clubs. To be fair, yeah. in the league, but you know, if you really want to get a game of football, you can get a game of football on. And I think I think one of the issues we had, James, was that the the team that we were playing didn't want to play the teams that may have had COVID. That was another point. So that's right. a good point, John. If they had COVID in the camp, or they said they had COVID in the camp, the other team didn't want to play them. So yeah, you know, there, there is a you know there is a there is a there is a trade off really because some teams want to play, and some teams are, are also cautious of not playing that team as well if they've all been training that week. You know, if somebody else that hasn't had a test, has, could he have COVID or she have COVID? And the answer to that is some teams were a bit nervous playing those teams, but generally, generally, I would say in the Oven District Football League, it's gone. Under the circumstances, it's gone pretty well in respect to cancellation. We oh. had teams just cancel because they can't get a team, and that's great. Not great, mm. but that's honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, fair Go play James. to you, John. I think um, yeah, that's a really good point um, that, that's not really been raised as much. There are people out there that are scared of this virus, and let's be honest, it's still a live virus, and we're in a pandemic. No matter how yeah. mild some people may get the symptoms, there are vulnerable people who do. Sure played the game that we all know and love and I think that that does need to be taken into consideration however we talk about teams for instance that maybe had 75 players on the books I mean we go we use the Liverpool and Arsenal match as an example for the integrity of the game for the integrity of the game if you're a if you're a paying customer let's mm. just argue and you're a Liverpool fan and you've paid uh, to take your son or whatever to the Emirates to watch that first leg I, I don't think that that's right for the integrity of the of the competition to to have a semi final where Arsenal were campaigning vigorously for Liverpool to play with a fourteen year old goalkeeper. No, I mean, not, not being, but, no, I, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You, you know, that we, we were down to I think it was like the fourth choice goalkeeper, and I would I, I mean I don't like that. I look at the other semi final and I looked at Chelsea and Tottenham. And I looked at the fact that they had really strong teams out. And I thought it was for the good of the competition. Now, let's be brutally honest. I may say something controversial here, which I've been known to say before. But let's be honest. The Carabao Cup is probably the FA Cup's ugly sister. You know, I, I, without, without oh, sounding... But, uh, let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest. And I, and I feel that for, the, for a competition that's trying to get its status back to what it was when we're talking for our father's days, when it was known as the Milk Cup, when it really meant something, I think having strong... <laughs> out in a, in a semi-final goes a long way to it I mean that's another side of the argument too but one thing's for sure if for instance you're 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 a, you're a club and you're testing all these players and you're the tester and you're getting positive 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 you're gonna panic you are you're gonna close the training ground you yeah. you, you, you you can't play it's as simple as that and I think there was a lot of the football community it, it's liverpool isn't it you know and it, it is what it is um but john um is there anything else that you you really want to talk about i mean i want one question to ask you completely non-sport related um noticing that you're an extremely busy man um obviously as the, as the chairman of that league big cricket fan as well frequent visitor down to taunton but also um in the music scene as well do you want to tell us a bit about yourself to our listeners about what, what it is that you do with with abby yeah, I'm a radio presenter as well. I do two shows a week, Monday afternoons. Uh, I do a two-hour show, and a Friday night I do a show as well. So um, that's a community radio station, Abbey 104.7 FM. Uh, we know a little bit about community radio, John. All around the world, on the World Wide Web. 
and um yeah i i well before i you know, when i was growing up music was my big love really then i i went away from music and i went into sport really and then um i had the opportunity to come back and i went on a sports show on the on abbey 104 uh, just to do some uh, roundup of the Owen district football league and i enjoyed it so much i thought well there was a few gaps on the board of people you know a few gaps for shows or spaces for a show to be and then from there i've um I joined the team and um, I've been with them now for three years and I love doing uh, community radio as well. Yeah. Do you go into the studio, John, or do you do it? Yes, I do. I don't do it from home. I like to do it in the studio. Pre-recorded was when we were in, um, obviously, lockdown one. Um, We, I did pre-recorded. I just sent some songs off to a friend and they, they put it on. I'm not one of these, I'm not an expert on, um, (laughs) on the technical thing. In that respect, I, I always go in the studio and do it live. Yeah, I love doing it live, and it's uh, because you just got a better feel for it rather than just sat in the room here and talking about it. Yeah, um, we, yeah, we had a yeah. we had a flirt with uh, we had a flirt with uh, community radio, didn't we, James? We had a, yeah, uh, we, we had the I state would say, of play. I would say a successful yeah. spell with Froom FM. Um, oh, unfortunately, um, we probably found out some some of the hard hard truths of community radio could be a. Uh, you know yeah they lost down. the off they lost the offcom license yeah. um they didn't uh, you know uh, you know allegedly some paperwork administrative thing and we thought to ourselves well look you know we're, we were getting um really good guests on ex england international such as for instance mark holsey uh the yeah. ex fifa referee who's appearing on our show uh the tcm sports show next week matt jarvis was a, another england international ex west ham uh assistant manager at faroe islands people from all over the world ex internationals galore john salarco as well we, we, we spoke to him mm-hmm. uh, peter drury world famous commentator so we did it we did float with um with with the radio and you never know if they get the offcom license back then great but to be honest with you um as far as we're concerned john it's been an absolute pleasure now obviously the way that we came across you was on twitter you're very active on twitter um obviously we we will plug your your twitter handle in in this uh in this podcast when it releases uh, available on spotify on apple Podcasts, every single major platform it will be, no doubt. Um, John, is there any uh, closing remarks from, from yourself or anything you want to, want to touch on? Well, I'd just like to say uh, thanks, firstly, for inviting me on tonight. And, um, no you know, problem always, at all. It's always good to get um, views of, of, of uh, people on the ground, really, rather than, you know, in a position where they only say what they can say, you know, because that's the way it is. But uh, the positions that we're in, um, we can say, you know, as politely as we can, how we feel yeah. like. And it's all, it's all about your own opinion at the end of the day. It's nothing more than that. And, uh, you know, um, uh, I've enjoyed uh, enjoyed being with you tonight. And uh, I I hope uh, that it's a success with, uh, with your uh, podcast. And long may it continue. And John, rest assured, the door is always open for a return. Yeah, well, I've, I've always got someone we can talk about. We can talk about the strangulation of the FA on, on local football. We can do all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I would <laughs> really like John, that. If you're willing to, if you're willing to, to take shots, and uh, we're willing to, we're willing to get, <laughs> we're willing to go there. We'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll do that another day. Absolutely, no. Uh, guarantee John... from TCM Sports always explosive debate. 
Absolutely. And and John, obviously, thank you very, very much. So John Shearing joining us on episode number 57 or 8. I'm, 58, I've lost count. Yeah, 58. It's 58 now. Yep. So uh, John, uh, absolute legend. And we'll see you again very soon. Um, this show will be available this evening, actually. We'll get it edited and we'll get it out within the hour. Nice and easy. Uh, and we'll, we'll put that out on Twitter for everybody to, to have a good listen to. So uh, my name is James Harrison. Uh, my name is James Hounsell. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.